KMTT, this is the weekly shiur in Agadot Avraham, and this is Ezubek. And for today's uh, Medrash, we're going to go to the final days of Avraham Avinu. We already did very shortly, in one week, we did the Akedah, one aspect of the Akedah last week. And the Akedah is really the end of Avraham's career, of Avraham's active life. Nothing happens that the Torah thinks necessary to tell us about Avraham Avinu after the Akedah, except for the burial of Sarah and the arranging the marriage of Yitzchak. Uh, dealing with death and burial and the continuation, arranging for the next generation. Uh, what does Avraham Avinu actually do for the next years? Quite a few years. The next 40 years. Which he, which he lives. We have the following Midrash in Pashat Vayeva immediately after the Akedah. The Rabbavinu has not slaughtered Yitzchak, but has brought the sacrifice of the ram that he found uh, in the bushes. So then the, uh, the angel comes back to him, Vayikra Malach Hashem Shenit. Angel comes back to him a second time and says, nishbati, and he makes a promise to Avinu. I, I swear on myself, on my own name, that Yanashe Asid Levarazer Kibarecha Barechecha. He gives Avraham Avinu a, a a blessing. The question is, what's the oath? Why does he take an oath? Binishbati. And the Medrash, when Pasha and Nunvav, the Medrash says. It's the continuation of the last midrash we did last week. Why did he have to take an oath? What, what, what was the nature, or what was the necessity, literally translated, of this oath? The midrash answers, Amar lo, Avam Avinu said to the angel, or to God actually, Hishavali she'ein ata menase oti od me'ata. V'loet Yitzchak b'nei. He said, swear to me that you will not subject me to another test, to another nisayon. Now, the Akedah is described as being a nisayon, Hashem nisa et Avraham. Swear to me that you will not subject me to another test again. And that was the oath which Avraham Avinu uh, drew. He demanded and apparently received from God after the Akedah. We think about this message, it's a really an amazing thing. Remember that Chazan say, Eser Nisyonot Nitnasav Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu wasn't tested once, the one place where it says explicitly, Vashem Nisad Avraham, which is the Akedah. But ten Nisyonot, and they don't even bother giving us the list of the ten. There are one or two which are explicitly mentioned in the Medrashim, the others you have to figure out yourself, which is why there is a, there is controversy among the Mephashim as to how to identify the ten distinct and this year not. And I think that the reason is because there may not be exactly ten, and you can always stretch it to make it work out. The number ten means constant. It means from stage to stage. To say that Avraham Avinu had ten nisyanot in his life wasn't because Chazal counted, because then the Midrash would have counted them and then said as a conclusion ten. The Midrash says that there are ten without counting is because what they're trying to say is that Avraham Avinu's life consists of a series of nisyanot of tests and trials. 
And to understand this fully, we need a theory of trials. Why does God test anybody? The famous question already asked in the Middle Ages, God doesn't need to know. He already knows. Why does He need to test anybody? So you need a theory of testing. And the basic answer given in the Medrashim, both in the beginning of the Akedah, as well as in the beginning of Lechacha, at the other place where the test is identified, when Avraham Avinu is told to leave Eretz Yisrael and go to, he isn't told, but he's forced by the famine to go to Egypt as soon as he got to Eretz Yisrael, which is also treated by Chazal as being a test. And and the basic answer given in one form or another, there's slightly differences, we're not going to go into it, is that the tests develop the character of the person being tested. And to say about Avraham Avinu that his life was characterized by ten tests means to say that this was the content of Avraham Avinu's life. It wasn't simple, it wasn't easy, it wasn't merely simply serving God, expressing that which he feels, but it was a climb from stage to stage which involved a great deal because it's a climb, because it's a development, because it's, 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 it's achieving something new. So it was done through this series of tests of having pressure and pressurizing back. In fact, the basic image that Chazal used to describe Avinu is that of a climber. There's a famous medrash that says that all three of the forefathers saw, they perceived, they, they came to see the place of the Beit HaMikdash, but they each gave it different names, meaning they saw different things. And the Yitzchak Kara'o Sadeh, Yitzchak Avinu saw it as being a field. And Yaakov Kara'o Bayit, he saw it as being a house. Avam Avinu saw it as being a har. Shenema, the end of the Akedah, Bahar Hashem Yei And I think it means that Avraham Avinu's way in life was to climb and eventually climb to the top of the mountain. If that's what the Nisyanot are, and I believe they are, then after the Akedah, there's going to be another one. It wasn't a one-time thing because something was wrong. It was the way of Avraham Avinu's life. It was, his, it was his career. It was his spiritual grandeur, his spiritual accomplishment was to go from trial to trial, from test to test. The only thing is, the way I understand Nisyanot, each one has got to be, how to put it, harder. Each one has to be a bigger test. A, if you have to keep climbing, then the climb can only get more difficult. And here we have a Rabbeinu saying to God, I am retiring. If my career as an Oved Hashem, as a founder of Am Yisrael, as one of the forefathers of Am Hashem, is exemplified by from Nisayon le Nisayon, Eser Nisayonot, then I wish to now retire. I resign. Swear to me, that you will not test me again. In other words, Avraham knows that there is another test. That's why he asked him to swear not to do it. He knows that each test just prepares a step for the next one. And Avraham says, I can't do it anymore. I think this letter is extraordinary because it's obviously not meant to criticize Avraham But on the other hand, it says that there's a limit to what any given human being can accomplish. Theoretically, I assume that Yiddishkeit believes that there is no such limit. Man's created with Selim Elohim. The limit is God. 
גדולה תשובה שמביאה עד כיסא הכבוד, שנאמר שוב הישראל עד השם אלוקיך. The upper limit is the throne of glory, is God's presence itself. But practically speaking, specifically because, or maybe in this case because, it, these steps, this climb up to the throne of God's glory involves very, very difficult, wrenching, soul-torturing and body-torturing trials and tribulations, then a human being who, aside from being, it's Selam aside from being the image of God, is also flesh and blood, can come to the end of his ability to deal with it. When I say ability, I think it means you have to realize what this means. If he couldn't do it, God wouldn't challenge him. That's, Medrash says this a number of times, that God only brings tests on those who can pass them. So it means that who could pass it, but he wasn't willing. And that I find extraordinary. I find even difficult to accept. If this is the meaning of your life, then how can you not want to go on? Avamavinu would pass the next test, but the suffering would be too great. And therefore he requests, or even demands, he shavali, he demands that God basically allow him to resign. And if that's true, then what does Avraham Vinu do for the next 40 years of his life? He's in retirement. Retirement from being an Av, not from being a Tzaddik, not from being an Oved Hashem, but from being an Av, from being a creative, someone who's, who's donating, someone who's granting more and more and more to the nature of Amisal, Avraham Vinu does not do that anymore. Yitzhak has to begin now. <clears throat> which is why the next Pasha and, and the beginning of Pashat Chaye Sarah, both the Medrash and Rashi quotes it, point out and make the point of saying that what takes place there is immediate to the Akedah. And I'll come back to this in a few minutes, but the, the one that Rashi quotes, the Medrash Rashi quotes, is that Sarah dies immediately after the Akedah. And that <clears throat> immediately after she is buried, Avram says, i got to take care of Yitzhak because I'm not the Av anymore. Yitzhak has to be the Av, he needs a wife. The place to see the continuation of this is later on in Chayesa, on the Pasuk, Vayihiki Zaken, Vavraham Zaken, Babayamim, Vashem Berach et Avraham Bakol. Before Avraham sends Eliezer, his servant, to get a wife for Yitzchak, it says, and Avraham was old, advanced in days, and God blessed Avraham Bakol with everything. So this word Bakol obviously attracts attention. What, what did God give him? What is the Bakol? Famous Rashi, quoting a Midrash, in Midrash Rabbah, that says he had a daughter. <coughs> Until then, Avraham only had sons. The final touch was he had a daughter as well. In the words of the Midrash, Hashem Yachad Avraham Bakol, Rabbi Yudam Rabbi Nechemi, Rabbi Yudam Amar Shenatan Lo Nekeva. Gave him a, a female son, a female daughter. Interestingly enough, I don't wish to censor the next line of Midrash. I don't have any particular thing to say about it, but Rabbi Yudan said that Avraham Avinu's bakol, his final blessing, his completing of his blessing, was getting a daughter. And Rabbi Nechemi says, Shalom Natan Lobat. The final blessing was that he didn't have a daughter. Rashi doesn't call that. 
Rashi, of course, had daughters. But I'm interested in the next opinion. Rabbi Levi Amal Tlat. Rabbi Levi said, you know, there's not one thing that will be the bakol, the culmination and fulfillment of all blessings. It's three things. Bakol, shehishlito biyitzro. Bakol, sheasa yishmael tshuva b'chayav. Bakol, shelo chasar kilurin shelo klum. I wish to first concentrate on the first one. Bakol, shehishlito biyitzro. God granted to Avam Avinu dominance, control over his, we call it inclination, over his yetzer, over his urges and lusts and inclinations. In other words, he gave them complete control over what we call the yetzer. In other words, no conflict. Life for most people, and apparently for Avam Avinu as well, there was a certain amount of conflict, of tension. The Medrash describes at length in the Akedah. Three days, Avraham Avinu is walking to find Hamamaria. What happens during those three days? The Medrash says, well, the Satan, right, the, the deceiver came to Avraham Avinu and tried to convince him not to do it. It's almost elementary to say that. I mean, what does that mean? It's, it's an internal voice in Avraham Avinu. You're causing a lot of anguish to Sarah. You're causing a lot of anguish to Yitzchak. Where's the justice? In other words, <clears throat> not just one extreme case. But for Avraham Avinu to go from test to test was of course a matter of struggle. That's why it's a test. Otherwise it wouldn't be a test. Avraham Avinu's life is characterized by tests. I said now the test is over. Medrashir says, He's alive. He's not dead. But unlike almost anybody else, Avraham Avinu is now going to be good. Good. Simply good. He doesn't have the conflict and the struggle, the constant struggle between Hayitzarim, Yitzatov, and Yitzarah. This is what I said. In other words, he's retired. Now, offhand, it would appear to me that someone who has given up on his life work can retire, but he retires to the next world. What's special about Avraham Avinu is that he is granted this state of, of conflict resolution, of peace, of shalom of fulfillment, of wholeness, and yet he still lives in this world. He still is able to enjoy that which an old person can enjoy from his family, for instance, Yitzchak. Let me just mention a word on the other two uh, aspects, the other two points that Rabbi Levi made. Two other bakos. It's a beautiful message. It doesn't require any elaboration on my part. Avraham Avinu has a problem. We all know people, everyone has some problems like that. He has two children. Yitzhak, Yitzhak looks wonderful. Ishmael is less than wonderful. He's a wild man. Chazal had a tradition that Ishmael, Chazal b'tshuva, he did tshuva. Rashi quotes it on the Pasuk that says that when Avan does die, the end of this Pasha, he was buried by Yitzchak v'Yishmael Banav. Rashi quotes Medrash that says, why it say Yitzchak v'Yishmael? Yishmael was older. She said Yishmael v'Yitzchak. Yishmael sent Yitzchak first. That, that was part of his tshuva. From there we learn that Yishmael chazal b'tshuva and he recognized Yitzchak's superiority, which is the ultimate tshuva for him because the ultimate threat here was the conflict, the, the competition. 
as it was with Yaakov and Esav, so too with Yitzchak Yishmael, to recognize that Yishmael, that Yitzchak is more of a son of Abraham, he's the first son of Abraham, even though he wasn't first born, is the sign, I think not just the candid, I think candid has to be greater, but it's the sign of, of, of Yishmael's tshuva. So here the Midrash says that God gave Avraham Avinu the ultimate fulfillment and completion of his blessings. What was that? Shasa Yishmael tshuva bechayav. Not just that Yishmael chazal b'tshuva, but that he chazal b'tshuva when Avraham Avinu was still alive and could see it. I think he can see it in Olam Haba as well, but it's different. You, you can see it as a human being. You can see it and and, and, and have the joy, Baba Avinu, the joy of even though his house is split. Unlike Yaakov, not all of Baba Avinu's children are the Jewish people. Ki be Yitzchak Yitzchak is your child. Ishmael is not the one who's called the continuation, the child, the fulfillment of Avraham Avinu. That is going to take place. That's God's will. But on the personal level, forget about national. Avraham Avinu is also a father. And maybe that's also part of the point now. The Tuna Avraham Avinu isn't a real human being. He's, he's a founder of a nation. He's a forefather. And what's important for us are his his exemplification of national qualities. We're not interested, I think we shouldn't be interested, I'm not saying this critically. Avraham Avinu as an individual with a real wife and real children is just not that important to us. He has a role to play. But now he's retired from his official career and he's still a human being. He's still alive. And on that level, it doesn't say it to say Kibi Yitzchak Chazara. The Jewish people are from Yitzchak, but he has a son named Yishmael. And if Yishmael is a Vasha, not just that he's not a Jew, who is not you know part of the Jewish people, the incipient Jewish people, but if he's a Vasha, he's a crook, he's a thief. Perhaps Obeda Badazara, Medrash has other bad things to say about Yishmael. Medrash is found in the beginning of the Akedah. I'm sorry, before that. When it says Yishmael Mitzachik. What does it mean he was Mitzachik? He did frivolous, light hearted things. Midrash has very serious sins to attribute to Yishmael. Avamavinu, not Avamavinu. Avamavinu is a human being. Avamavinu, the Zaken. Avamavinu has a child who gives him. Agmas Nefesh. And then, Huchazer B'Tshuva. What joy. What Baracha Bakal. That's the second opinion of Rabbi Levi. One, he has no conflict within himself. Two, he has no conflict within his family. His family is, as on, the, on an individual level, his family is together. The third thing, Shalom Chasar Kilurin Shalom Klum. The word Kilurin is interpreted by the Mephashem to mean the, like the pantry, the, the treasury. And I don't think it means that so much that he was rich, because he was been rich all the time. Yavam Avinu has been rich since the days he came back from Egypt after visiting there. Um, but it means he was able to provide all the time. I think it harkens back, the Mephashem argue, and I think they're correct. It, argue, it, argue, it, it, it refers back to the time when Yavam Avinu would bring in guests. Something he hasn't really been doing since he became very Jewish, since he had Brit Milah and concentrated only on Yitzchak. But now he's finished with Yitzchak. He's going back to be an individual who happens to be in the desert and people pass by. And it's true, he's Jewish and they're not already. But 
as an individual, he still takes them into his tent, he needs to feed them. No problem. It's not a way of saying you're very, very rich. You could say, the Chazal have other ways to say that. They would say it's very, very rich. The saying was that he didn't lack for anything. Whatever he needed. And I don't think he needed a lot. He wasn't a particularly consumptuous person. Whatever he needed, he had. Again, I think the point is not that he was rich, but that he had no problems. And having no problems is a strange kind of bracha. It's not something that we would normally wish to somebody because the problems are part of being human, a part of growing, part of approaching God. Ramavin was done with that. He's had a lot of problems. Now he's in retirement. He's basically in Olam Haba. In Olam Haba, you don't have problems. You just have the bracha. In this world, there's never bakol. There are bachot. There are blessings, but not bakol. Bakol is Olam Haba. Ramavinu is in Olam Haba even though he is still he is still alive. Rabbi Levi B'Shem Rabbi Chama same Rabbi Levi but a different opinion B'Shem Rabbi Chama repeats what we opened up with. What was the Bakol? Shalom Chazal V'Nisa Otal The ultimate blessing was not testing him again. Right, that was the point we began with that this is in fact is the ultimate blessing to have Olam Haba the Olam Haza to have all the peace and bracha of the next world but you don't have to die to do it and it, it's to a certain extent I think it's a contradiction to this world but Ravino it existed at the same at the same time now one expression of this and here I'm putting things together which perhaps it's my idea perhaps we shouldn't put them together after all what does Ravino gain from being alive all this bracha he would have in Olam Hab as well we believe in Olam Haba. He dies. Not yet Sahara. And I think he can even know from there that Yishmael did Shuva. Maybe it's different when you you can see Yishmael. But the knowledge that Yishmael does Shuva would take place in any event. And once he is dead in Olam Haba, it doesn't make a difference whether his pantry is full or not. I think the difference is, and maybe that's what the second opinion about Yishmael refers to, is family. What we call Nachas ben Kinder. Avam Avinu is able to be a Saba. He can play with the Einaklach. He can play with the grandchildren. He can see his son. To know in Olam Habit his son is Chazab Tshuva is all very nice. But able to communicate with Ishmael. Ishmael Chazab Tshuva, he comes back to Avam's house and they, they can talk the same language again. Spiritual language. That kind of enjoyment you can't have in Olam Habit. Not with your own son, who's, who's still alive. Avraham Avinu spends 37 years, no conflicts, no struggles, just reaping fully the benefits of all the things he struggled for before. He's raised one child, he's raised two children. And, and there's a certain benefit, a certain pleasure, what we call nachas, that you get from having a family that's really wonderful. When does Avraham Avinu die? So textually... Avraham dies in Chayesara, the end of Pashat Chayesara. But the Medrash puts his death in the beginning of Toldot. Yitzhak has two children, Yaakov and Esav, the grandchildren of Avraham Avinu. And they grow up, and one day Esav comes from the field, he's very hungry, and he asks Yitzhak to give him some of the porridge that Yitzhak has, has made. 
Where is he coming from? The Midrash says in the beginning of Toldot, Vayazed Yaakov Nazid. And Yaakov prepared a, a porridge. Amar lo, Esav said to him, Mativoshel Nazidze, why did you make this today? What's those, what, what's the meaning of this particular dish? Amar lo, Shemet Oto Zaken. For the old man, Avam Avinu, had died on that day. Midrash continues, I'm skipping a few lines. Vayavo Esav min hasadeh. Esav on that day was coming from the field. Where was he coming from? Rabbi Yudim b'shem Rabbi Ivo, Rabbi Pichas b'shem Rabbi Levi, Rabbi Ban b'shem Rabbi Simon. At Motzei Avraham Chai, Kuf Ayin Hei Shana, Vayitzchak Kuf Pei. Yitzchak lived longer than Avraham. Avraham lived 175, Yitzchak lived 180. The Midrash assumes that Avraham should have lived at least as long as Yitzchak. Why did he die five years, at least five years early? I'm not just making that assumption. Elotan heishanim shemana akotorchum yichayav lepnei she'avar esav shtei averot. He died when he died, which is actually early. It's not a coincidence. It's five years early. He died when he died because Esav on that day had committed two serious transgressions. Shabal naram urasa. He he had relations or he raped a married woman, a betrothed woman. The word Sadeh is a reference to the Pasuk in Sefer Dvarim, which talks about rape. It says, And when he came from the Sadeh, he was Ayef, he was weary, or better translation, he was tired. person is tired, it's from, it's from murder. So on that day, Esav had both committed murder and, and also adultery. And that's why Avaminu died. Now, I don't think it means that Avaminu was being punished. He died early because he was being punished because Esav did a sin. What's, this, what's the logic? It's not responsible for Esav's sins. I think it's the other way around. The only reason why Avaminu was alive, Avaminu retired. If he had not retired, either because of his choice or because of God's choice, so he would live to 180. He lived to, 100, I don't know, 190. He would get things to do, he had things to do. But Avraham Avinu said he has nothing to do. He's practically retired. He shouldn't be in this world. This world is not made for that. This world is the field of contention. It's the field of struggle. That's what it's for. You want to rest? Retirement home? That's called Olam Haba. But Avraham Avinu got bakol. He was able to nachas von der Kinderlach. He was able to play, to see, to walk, to help raise his, not just his children, Yitzchak and Yishmael, but his grandchildren. That's the bakal, that's the bracha bakal of old age, when you retire. And he was granted that. Until one day, the nachas is going away. Yishmael chazar b'tshuva, Esav chazar b'shayla. Esav became a bad person. That's when there's no point of being alive anymore. Now he should go to Olam Haba and just do what you do in Olam Haba. But he's not going to be playing with the grandchildren anymore. He's not with this grandchild. This grandchild is giving him Agmas Nefesh. It's back like the old days. So that's the day he died. And in fact, if it was five years early compared to the, the formal number that says he should live to 180, 
Okay, but he's being really being kept alive artificially. Because if you're not struggling, if you're not climbing the mountain, there's no point why you should be here. He's only here to get a bracha, not to not to live, but to receive. And the bracha he's receiving is his family. Esav has committed adultery. Esav has killed a human nefesh. That's the day that Abraham dies, at the period that began with the Akedah. This retirement period that began with the Akedah ends when it's no longer when it's no longer any good. Midrash concludes Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu There's another opinion He also stole Okay then it says Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Kach iftachti et Avraham This is what I promised Avraham V'yamarti lo V'yata tavor el avotecha b'shalom In the Brit Ben Abtarim When God had told Abraham Avinu That his children would be slaves And afflicted in Egypt He said but don't worry You'll die b'shalom He promised him that he would die in peace Zui seva tova he sees his grandson committing idolatry and 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 uh, adultery and murder. Better that he should die now, but b'shalom, than live longer and not b'shalom. The chesed of God, the grace of God, is better than life. Sometimes. In this case, Avraham Avinu's life was worth less now than the Chesed of Hashem. In other words, death here is for Avraham Avinu better, better than life. And that is how Avraham Avinu eventually, not just formally leaves his career, but practically speaking, actually leaves this world where Yitzhak has already, the story has begun before that. Yitzhak's story begins from when he gets married. Beginning of Pashat Todot is Pashat Yitzhak. Avraham Avinu is still alive, but not active. Why is he alive and not active? Bracha. Why does he then need to die? So I'm live forever. Eventually, the world catches up with you. And then, Avraham Avinu does the actual step of passing on to Olam Haba and leaving us to continue with the story of Yitzhak and then Yaakov. And with that, I'd like to conclude this series We've skipped a lot of important medrashim. There's plenty more for anyone to learn. Uh, <clears throat> but in the period that we were together, so we started in the beginning, not of his life, I started from the beginning of his career, the beginning of Lech Lecha. And we finished his career last week. Today we explain why his career had finished with the Akedah and what in fact he had done afterwards. Kol from KMTT.